Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Thursday, September 26th, 2019, brought to you by the great people of Today's Dentistry. Today's Dentistry, run by the estimable Dr. Mike O'Neill, is the place to go to get your teeth fixed, to get them diagnosed, to ensure dental health. That's what they do there. I've been a patient for 25 years. You'll love the place. 317-849-2933. Let's talk about sports. We're about 72 hours from the Colts teeing it up against the Oakland Raiders. Raiders coming to town. Game's going to be on at 1 o'clock, CBS, with Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon describing the action. So, what do we think about this game? I'll tell you what I think about the Colts. The Colts have got to figure it out on defense. Defensively, what happened against the, in the second half against the Atlanta Falcons cannot happen. If you go back and look at the tape, they were never stopped. Nine of nine on third down conversions. You cannot allow a team trying to come back from that kind of deficit, a three-score deficit, to go 9 of 9 on third down. Never got to stop in the second half. Why is that? The Colts have got to figure this out because once they get a lead, they have to be unbeatable. Their, Their ability to run the football and operate that offense effectively all right, means that even with a passable defense, with a mediocre defense, they're going to be able to win games from the front, right? This defense on Sunday against the Falcons was nonsense in the second half. They have got to figure it out. They've got really good talent, but you know what? Scheme-wise, that was an easy scheme to beat. And you put Jacoby Brissett in a position where he had to be nearly perfect. He could not turn the ball over. That three and out early in the second half, that kind of thing can't happen if your defense can't get stopped. And on Sunday, it didn't get a stop in the second half. The Falcons dominated the game in the second half. I know we're all fat and happy with a 2-1 and record, but man, if you do that week in and week out, 
your offense is going to have to play at a high level for 60 minutes while your defense just kind of gives and gives and gives and bends and doesn't break. You've got to put pressure on the quarterback. If you can't do it with four, you better be able to do it with five. And if you can't do it with five, you got to do it with six. Somehow, some way on Sunday, the Colts have got to put pressure on Derek Carr because if you do, he's going to throw it to you. And then you get a nice, easy victory because their defense isn't very good. The Raiders' defense isn't. And the Colts' offense is terrific. Pacers' media day tomorrow. I'm looking forward to talking to all these guys because they're all really thoughtful and they enjoy talking to to us. And that makes it fun. I like talking to people who like talking to us. When we talk to the Colts, a lot of those guys like talking to us. Darius Leonard likes talking. You know what we found out earlier this week? George Odom, he likes talking. Kamoko Ture, he likes talking. Quentin Nelson, to an extent, likes talking. These guys are good talkers, and that makes it fun. We're interested in them. If they're interested in sharing who they are and what they do, it makes the relationship work at an outstanding level. And with the Indiana Pacers, I think they got a bunch of guys who are going to be ready to talk tomorrow. We'll be there, and you'll hear that on Sports Nothing But Sports tomorrow afternoon. The Indy Women in Tech Classic is going on right now at the Brickyard Golf Course. Uh, Brickyard Crossing. We're out here. We're watching because I got to meet some of the ladies who play on the LPGA yesterday and last year and the year before and being a tea announcer. So I like coming out and seeing these people. And I got to tell you the truth, not to be a media pig, but the food on the LPGA tour is outstanding. And so going up and getting lunch and then watching some golf and enjoying myself out here, I got to tell you that, you know what? Some days you work in sports media and you say, huh, all right, well, you know what? This wasn't a great day. Some days you're like, Phew, this was a really good day. This is a really good day. Absolutely beautiful out here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And watching these ladies be so precise with a golf ball is unbelievable. The control they have over the flight of the ball and over the spin is just awesome to watch. How about Georgia Tech? And we're going to talk about the Cubs in a minute with Evan Altman. But Georgia Tech basketball, four years probation, a 2020 postseason ban, a fine, recruiting restrictions, all because of a couple of recruiting violations where a recruit was taken by a booster who used to be a player at Georgia Tech and now is in the NBA, took the kid to a strip club, gave the kid 300 bucks to spend in the strip club. And I think we know how that does, how that works. If you've ever been in a strip club, you know how you spend your money. And uh, the NCAA doesn't like that. So it smites Georgia Tech. And what we ask at this point is what the hell is going to happen with Kansas? What's going to happen with North Carolina State? What should have happened with North Carolina? It's like the big dogs can do whatever the hell they want. And Georgia Tech or DePaul, schools like that. We heard, you know, Jerry Tarkanian used to say that the NCAA got so mad at Kentucky that it put Cleveland State on another year of probation. We've got to see them go after the big game in this deal. And the big game, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. You know what? Indiana's big game. I hope that Indiana's got its nose clean. If it doesn't, the NCAA might come for them. You've got to, here's the deal. And what these schools have understood, if you self-report, you're toast. And that's what happened with Georgia Tech. The head coach was told by the booster who took the kid to the strip club what had happened when that uh, when their relationship between the booster and the head coach kind of waned when it failed. He told the head coach, hey, here's what I did. 
So the coach went to the associate athletic director, told him exactly what happened. They called the NCAA. They self-reported. If you self-report, you're going to get in big trouble. If you don't self-report, if you fight every accusation tooth and nail, you know what? you got a really good chance of avoiding punishment, as North Carolina did for uh, academic fraud. The Chicago Cubs, they wrap up their uh, three-game series, which has been absolutely and utterly horrible so far, two games in with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cubs, they lost 4-2 to last night. A couple of wild pitches. What the hell is going on with the Cubs? Let's talk about the Cubs. Let's not waste any more time talking about this other stuff. Let's talk about important stuff like the Cubs with great Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com. All right, Evan, what in the world, uh, what happened this year? What are we looking at when we look at the Cubs, especially these last eight games, They've just kind of fallen off a cliff, and and we've talked about it before. They're just not fun to watch anymore. No, they're not, and and I think again, a lot of that is is from there's there hasn't been significant enough action behind the words, and, and these guys are all they're all very comfortable, um, and and psychologically speaking, you know, they're, they're physically they're very comfortable. They got a great clubhouse and everything like that. But I think again, they they've won. They've been there. They've done this, and and at some point there just isn't that fire internally. I mean, there, there's there's so much, and I do. I think a lot of that does come down to when you when you look at certain things and you, you look at, and I don't care at what level of, of athletics this is, and certainly professionals should be more self motivated. But I do think you kind of have to look from the top and say, what have they done from a front office perspective, from a managerial perspective to drive these guys and to, and to really get them out of that gear because after a while, and this is something that I feared back in, in 2017 and back last year where, you know, they'd kind of, they'd kind of hit cruise control in the first half, but they knew they were a better team and they knew they'd be able to come back in the second half and overcome people. But at some point that doesn't happen. You go to hit the gas and there's nothing left. And right. we saw that very clearly. Um, you know, they tried to bring in Nicholas Castellanos to, to sort of spur some of that this year, and he did for a while, but it just, it got really obvious. And, and again, I'm not saying these guys don't want to win, but there just isn't, and I, I hate kind of rehashing and reusing, uh, the terms that the team has used, but it was pretty obvious that urgency was not there. And, and it had plenty of talent, but it just, it, it was not that feel of like, what you would see in, in that 2016 season, if they lost a the game, you knew they were coming out that day. Like, they were pissed off about it. They're coming out that right. next night, and they're going to be better. And this year was like, eh, you know, we lost. Uh, okay. You know, no, no big deal. And, then it, you know, it, it's like it kept going, and it wasn't until really, and certainly the urgency hasn't been there. They've lost eight straight now. But it, it's almost like they didn't realize it or didn't care that, that they – you know, these other teams, I mean, you get the Brewers lose their MVP and they go on a huge tear. The Cardinals didn't bring anybody in at the, at the trade deadline. Right. And they got healthy and they're pushing it because those teams had something to play for. They wanted to beat the Cubs. They wanted to show, and, and the Cubs just don't have that feel of a team that really cares. And I, I'm not saying they don't care. They just don't have the feel of a team that wants to go out there and prove people wrong or to, to beat other teams. It's kind of like, ah, eh, yeah, we've been there. We're, we're good, whatever, man. This year, no big deal. And I, that that just comes down to having that personnel that they've been there for a long time, and I think they just grew far too comfortable with with winning a couple of years ago, and they just haven't haven't had the desire to to change that. 
And there's that sense, you know, it, oh, it's a 162-game season. The oil's going to, you know, rise to the top and blah, 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 blah. No, there are 162 one-game seasons. And maybe that's exhausting over, uh, over 162 games. But if you go into it thinking, you know what, we're going to hit the gas when we want to hit the gas, that's no way to do anything. And, and so give me a, uh, uh, the percentage that of, of belief we should have that Joe Madden will be back. You know, it's, it's weird because I, I feel like over the last couple of days, I find myself actually drifting way back toward the idea that maybe he actually returns. I, and, and I, and which I, I don't think is a, a great idea, but then you kind of look at who else is out there and, and I wonder, you know, do they, do they kind of ride with this and say, well, hey, we've got a couple of years left as a front office. We're going to try this. I, I personally don't like the idea. I mean, I, I feel as if his time there has sort of run its course. And, and that's not yeah. to say, right, that's not to say it's – I find it very different circumstances. But I look at when, when Bob Knight was, was relieved of his duties at, at Indiana, um, it was pretty obvious. Like, okay, one of the greatest coaches ever, right, took them to heights – uh, never before seen, at least in that time, um, and the success that he had there. But it was pretty obvious. You hated the way he went out, but it was pretty clear that they needed to make a change at that point. Um, he, the, the game had sort of passed him by to an extent, and it's, I know that's heresy to some people, but I thought it was time for a change. Same way. I mean, Madden has clearly the most successful manager in Cubs history. No one can take that away from him. But when you look at the diminishing returns that they've gotten since that World Series, a lot of that success was perhaps even in spite of some of the decisions that he made, but it's just, as I said, when you look at the lack of fire that these players have, there's only so much you can put on, right? Joe Madden's not there swinging the bat or blowing saves. Uh, he has made some very curious bullpen decisions, but he's only given so much. At the same time, where where does that, what is he contributing? What is he doing you know, I thought he did a great job last year managing uh, that that the bullpen that they had, uh, the injuries and getting around that. But again, at some point, I do think the front office is looking at saying, "Hey, man, you've done some things that we don't really like. You've said some things we don't really like, and we feel like at the end of your very expensive contract here, we want to move in a different direction." So, I'm I'm still back on fifty fifty. If I circle back to the actual wow, yeah, it, but. His comments, and this is this is kind of he made some specific comments. Now this could very well be he's a pretty savvy guy, and he knows he's going to have if the Cubs relieve him or don't you know resign him, he's going to have a gig next year. Like that's guaranteed. Right. So he may have simply been because he he made it out to be like it's a mutual decision, like that they're going to talk about that at the end of the season, yeah. which again it could very well simply be him setting up the PR spin, you know, and and making of it right so that the Cubs are. It's a, you look at the list of guys, like, other than David Ross would move the needle, I think, from a, from a PR perspective. But, you know, Mark Loretta, does that, does that do it? John Farrell is a name that's being, which I think would be really weird. Um, yeah. you know, Mark DeRosa, or who are they going to get that's going to be better and who can do a better job with that? Um, but, uh, you know, ask me in, in a couple of days, and I'll probably say 0% chance if you'd asked me last week, I would have said, there's no, like, this dude's done. There's no way. But I, I almost wonder how much of that, though, is the mutual decision, honestly, would be for him to leave, too. He can go to California. You know, he can he can park his RV out there in Santa Ana or, you know, in San Diego and, and have some fun out there 
and kind of ride off into the sunset. Because I just wonder how much of it is him being burned out as well. We, we talk about the Cubs not wanting to bring him back, but at what point does he sort of bid adieu to that and say, you know what, I'd rather kind of do this again with a young club like in San Diego where they got a ton of prospects coming up. And that seems to be, that's what he did with Chicago. And I really think right. that's more his calling than a team of veterans. I really, really think that, and it's not a knock on him, but he's just a better He's better motivating for guys who haven't been there and done that. And honestly, San Diego might be a better fit for him than Chicago will be moving forward. Well, you can only have so many road trips where guys dress as superheroes before guys start saying, what the hell are we doing? Why am I dressing in these stupid costumes to get on an airplane? This is idiotic. You know, and, and that's the way leadership works. You know, leadership, a fresh start really, really helps people kind of reevaluate what they do and examine their own process, and then it gets routine. And it looks like the routine has really has really kind of dogged this team and pulled this team down. And then there's a business decision here, and I know it's going to be a baseball decision that drives whether Joe Madden's back, but the business de- decision is the marquee network. And yeah. if you come back with same old, same old, and you're asking people to fork over an extra six bucks a month in order to watch Cubs baseball, that may not go over very well. No, and that's, you know, again, and that's where I look at what the team has done, and this is from an ownership perspective, right? We, we talk about, I mean, we've talked about a few situations with, uh, with the Ricketts family, Tom Ricketts in particular, and some of the decisions they've made, and you think, okay, you knew you had this network coming up. You knew you had to put a solid product on the field to produce that desire for this. And instead of spending, and I know they have a big payroll, right? People talk about that. Right. That's great. That's cool. You have a big payroll. But knowing that you're setting this up to have this monster network launch to do this whole new thing, you failed to put any real money into the budget for them to go out and get free agents. And look what has happened. Clearly, yeah. there are things way outside of their control that took place. But now you've got this team that wet the bed down the stretch, lost eight straight, it has, has alienated, maybe not alienated, but... People don't want to watch. This seems depressing. Nobody's watching this. And, and you're going to launch this network where right. who knows what kind of coverage you're even going to have, right? They haven't even, they don't have any stations. They have begun Comcast negotiations. Dish Network is talking about not even bothering with any RSNs, regional sports networks anymore. Um, you know, who knows? But how is this going to work, man? I mean, th- there's no. Unless they do, if they do the same thing this year and they go into it, they don't have any, no pun intended, marquee signings and really kind of shake things up. I mean, whoa, what are they even doing? Like, I, I just, I, it's, it's kind of unfathomable to me that they let it get to this point. But again, that goes back to sort of that comfort and you're saying, Hey, we've got the talent. We've got this. We, we have everything set. Um, you know, we've got the power. We've got the speed, um, to be the third place team in the national league. Central, you know, it's just, I don't know, maybe they change the lyrics to the song and that'll incite people to, to buy, but it's, <laughs> it's goofy, man. It's, I just, from a business perspective, let alone, um, but at the same time, yeah. Are, are you bringing back Joe Madden and paying him five, six million bucks a year? You, you know, is that, is that what that's worth? Cause that's what he's making six million now. Right. And they look at it and say, well, hell, we could bring in David Ross, pay him a million dollars a year and he's going to be just as good. So. Not that the Cubs need to worry about five million bucks, but I mean, just any of us doesn't matter. Like if I can buy the generic brand of something, and it tastes just as good, you know, I buy my generic uh, cereal and or, or chips or whatever, and it tastes just as good as the name brand for half the price. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to get that. So 
There's, there's a lot of things they've got on their plates. My wife shops at Kohl's and she looks like a million bucks. What the hell? You know what yeah. I mean? At, at Kohl's, they pay you to take their clothes out of the store and she still looks terrific. So why go to, you're right, why go to Nordstrom and go deep into your pocket to look exactly the same? Um, does Kyle Schwarber have any trade equity? Could they get anything out of him? You know, I, it's kind of a weird deal, right? Because he's hit, I mean, he's hit better than Cody Bellinger in the second half of the season. Right. Um, you know, I mean, he, he got another multi-hit game last night. I think he's up over 250 or close to it. Um, 248. Okay. So he's getting, he's getting right there. Um, and, and we're seeing a guy who finally, and this is, you really saw it happen end of July, early August, where he's hitting to all fields. He's, you know, he's comfortable going the opposite way. Uh, his two strike approach has gotten significantly better. There's so much to like yeah. about it. However, you know, if, if you look at him as, okay, um, if he's a DH, like what, what does he bring to an American league team that they maybe don't already have that they're willing to part with? Um, all kinds of other stuff. I mean, there's, he's a corner outfielder, right? I mean, you can find the corner outfielders who hit in this juice ball era. Um, okay. 40 home runs and a hundred RBI. That's really good, but it's not. 20 years ago, that would have been phenomenal. I mean, you can right. get tons of value for that. Now, in this day and age, for a guy who, you know, has gotten much better in left field, but is still just a middling defensive player, and uh, do you give somebody big prospects for that? Probably not. Um, so, I don't know. I, I I think he actually presents more value to the Cubs as, a, as an asset to them than what he would bring back, especially given that, that if they're going to make a move like that, they need to get somebody who's going to create an impact immediately. The same thing as people talk about trading Chris Bryant. Unless you're going to burn the thing down and rebuild it, you need to get back guys who are going to impact that team now or the next two to three years. That's really their window. Unless they're going to close that window and try to open a new one down the road, I don't know that Schwarber actually brings back the kind of guys who would do that. Well, let's talk about Chris Bryant for a minute because with Scott Boris is the agent, we know what's going to happen in two years after he, uh, the Cubs lose team control over Bryant. He becomes a free agent. Boris is going to send him to the highest bidder. That's what he always does. That could be the Cubs. It might not be the Cubs. You can't just let him walk away for free, right? No, but I do think, I mean, Bryant is a little bit of a different guy just personality-wise from some of the other ones that, that Boris has represented. I really do believe that he would be open to an extension. And again, it's not going to be a cheap one. The Cubs are going to have to come with something pretty significant uh, because, you know, and there's a few things at play here, right? I mean, he's, he's in a really good position right now to be able to establish a legacy and, and to be able to kind of be this franchise great if he sticks around. And I think that right. does mean something to him, you know, coming from his dad being from Boston and kind of the era of, of Ted Williams and, and kind of growing up seeing that for, you know, so Brian's kind of been instilled with that. Uh, I think he recognizes that. And if you look at what's happened to him, these last couple of seasons kind of being hampered by injury and, and his season being ended by another injury, sort of look at, okay, well, where's that value? You know, he, he may sit there and look at it. And, and I've related his situation to another Boris client who, who was one of the rare people who signed an extension in Steven Strasburg who had yeah. uh, elbow surgery, right? He's one of the few. And he can opt out this year, actually. So that'll be interesting to watch. But, but that's kind of that thing is when you look at it, so well, if Bryant had stayed healthy this entire time, his value is astronomical and there's no way he would be signing an extension. But with these injuries piling up, maybe he sees that, boy, there is a little bit more value to locking this in and making certain that I'm, I'm here 
I'm in a I'm in a situation where if the Cubs can do that and guarantee that to him, he, he's a guy who's pretty open again about his his feelings, kind of the psychological aspect of the game. I think you get a guy like that. He I don't think he really likes the idea of his future being open ended, uh, which is kind of weird for a Boris client. Like those guys are so amped up to get the free agency, but I think being able to secure him would actually make him much better for them down the road. Um, and, and I again I, I believe wholeheartedly that he would be open to the right extension. Just a matter of are they able to to do that to him? Who's more likely to be a Cub in five years, Chris Bryant or Javi Baez? Uh, it's probably Javi, just because yep. I think they can get him at a much lower price. Um, and and Baez is repped by the Wasserman Group, which is the same agency that represents Kyle Hendricks, who just signed an extension this past season, and perhaps more notably Nolan Arenado, who also signed an extension, which. You know, I think that kind of a deal for Bryant makes sense too. But, um, but yeah, Baez's agency is is known for being a little bit more friendly in terms of working with teams on that stuff. So I would say, even for that alone, and just the type of player again he is. You look at injuries, and you look at kind of he's so dynamic, but at the same time, his talent is so much more based on that pure athleticism that you kind of wonder, you know, is that going to age as well as what Bryant? Would be able to. So I think I think there's some things with with Baez as a person and, and in terms of his representation that's set up much uh, much more likely for an extension. Thank you very much, Evan. Great stuff, and we'll uh, we'll keep in touch during the off season, which is going to be way too long. It's going to yeah. be a long off season, longer than we've had in a long time. I, I think so, and I, th- I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting as well, and it better be active for him because if not, <laughs> it's, there there will be some reckoning, and it's not going to be on the roster. Perfect. Thanks, Evan. That's Evan Altman of CubsInsider.com. Does a great job of covering the Cubs. If you're a Cubs fan, you got to check in every day at CubsInsider.com because they've got it wired, they've got it covered, and they tell the story of the Chicago Cubs from the perspective of the fan. And that's what you want. You don't want some wonk telling you about why, you know, the Butterfield did this or whatever. What you want to know is how fans feel and what's going on inside that clubhouse and what the Cubs should do in the postseason and in the offseason, that's what you get at CubsInsider.com, uh, virtue of the wisdom of the great Evan Altman. That's why we talk to him tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, 8 a.m. on Facebook Live, then 8.15 on Periscope Live. Can't wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, 317-849-2933. Join me. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.